Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. It's Damon and Ratto. Whitey in for Damon here. We got Steve Kerr coming up at 5 on this Warrior Wednesday. And yeah, the Warriors defended well last night. They've won three in a row. And they're in fifth place in the West, which is wonderful. But the best news of all, Ray, is the fact that, of course, Steph Curry could be back on the upcoming road trip. So he could be back as soon as Saturday. You know the way the Warriors handle these things. They're not giving us a date. We don't know. But that's very encouraging news because, let's face it, defense or not, without Steph, they got no chance. They need him back ASAP. And now they've got word that he could be back very soon. Uh, I, I read the release that Brett Winkler put out, and it didn't give any indication of, of anything except that he's now starting to scrimmage. I don't know what the timeline is, and I don't know who discerned that the timeline is, oh, he could be back by yeah. this well, road trip. Yeah, to, to just to address that, not to interrupt, but Woj reported it. So there, are, Woj has sources. Someone within the Warriors' offices seems to think that it's reasonable to think he could be back on this trip. You're right. The Warriors didn't say it, but Woj yeah. is reporting I mean, that based on his the, sources. The thing to remember about the Warriors is that when people try to peg when somebody's coming back, they're usually off by about a week because the Warriors are far more conservative medically than most other teams in this league. Yes. And especially with Curry. They are, they are hyper-vigilant about not putting him out before he's as close to 100% as can be. So... I would cool my jets on that. I think it's reasonable to assume he'll be back for the five-game roadie. But I don't know if he'll be back for the three-game. Just because Woj sort of casually couched, uh, I could be back. I don't trust could be back. So you're diffusing diffusing a Woj bomb is what you're trying to do. Um, It's not a Woj bomb. It's not a bomb. It's not a bomb. It's at best a fragmentation grenade. (laughs) Well, it's good news. It's not bad news. It's good news. Well, no, it's not good news until they say he's going to play on date X. Uh Uh-huh. I mean, the idea that, oh, he could be back. Yeah, we know he could be back at some point. I mean, he's not retiring. That's not unreasonable based on the reporting that he could be back sooner. Like, really soon. If you say he could could be back, isn't it Saturday they play the Lakers? Based on Woj's reporting, if you say could be, that's not reporting, that's conjecture. Reporting is delivering facts. It's not a fact yet. And maybe that's all that Woj has. Before he reported that, we had no reason to assume that he might be back Saturday. Well, anyway, anyway, it's good news. Good news for the Warriors. Because, again, despite everything else we talk about and this about defense and that, if they don't have Steph, they ain't going nowhere. So it's really good news. Right at a time when it looks like, as Steve Kerr said, it looks like things are, are coming together here. It looks like, and again, I've heard that sentence before, and I'm not saying it's another false alarm because I don't know. I can't foretell the future, but until you see them do it on the road, I think it is fair to be skeptical. Bob Myers with a a Steph Curry update. He's just started kind of some live stuff, um, you know, two on two, three on three stuff where he's, he's getting out there and trying to feel contact again, get comfortable he's been doing non-contact stuff for a while but in these things there isn't a uh, i know that it's assumed many times that we have an answer and we don't give it uh, more often than not it's we have to see and each day evolves differently how he feels after a, a big load day 
we don't know how he comes in the next day. Even when I press our guys and say, when's Curry coming back? The smart and real answer is i got to see how he feels tomorrow. i got to see how he feels the next day. Ray, I think to a degree they were burned by the Wiseman situation. Not talking about the trade or anything, just when Wiseman was here and when they said beginning of last year, Clay's going to be back around Christmas and Wiseman should be back by Thanksgiving. And then he had to have another procedure. And then he wasn't back and people wondered, what's going on? And I think there were some bad optics there. I think that's one reason why they are even more cautious now than they were before that when it comes to when a guy's going to be back. I think they have been this cautious ever since the Kevin Durant injury. And I think it's, they've been cautious about talking about it because they've been cautious about diagnosing it. And I'm not saying they're wrong to do that. I mean, this is, it's an organizational decision and it's a medical decision. And they tend to err on the side of conservatism, especially when it's an impact player. So I think, you know, I, I think it's fair to assume that anytime they say he'll be up for reevaluation in date X, add two weeks to that date. And when they say somebody could be back on date X, add a week to that date. Just because that's how they operate. And again, there's nothing wrong with that. How come you say er and not er? It's error. Because it's you say er. It's pronounced er. Really? Yeah. I think there's two ways to pronounce There's British and there's the American way, but okay. I just think that's interesting. To, to for, I, under no circumstances is that interesting. To, it, well, I just every time you say "er," like, I think there's like a fire truck going by or something. Uh, to to, to air, well, the hamster to, is running real fast on the wheel inside to your air head today. Is human it? to forgive is divine, right? That's what I mean. And every time you say, and I know you're a very learned man when it comes to letters, but when you talk about "er," I just every time you say it, like "ah." Uh? So I just oh, that's like, just the Vallejo uh, coming out. I just, of you. Yeah, we never said "er" in Vallejo. Yeah. No, I know what you said in Vallejo, and it had no none of those letters. <laughs> what do you make of this, what Clay Thompson had to say after the win last night? With 20 games left, it's such a golden opportunity for us to increase our seating, just get in a great rhythm, and these rollable guys are getting such great experience right now. It's going to pay off huge come playoff time. And I promise you this, when we're healthy, no one wants to see us in the postseason. I guarantee that. <laughs> I promise you that. And, uh, we expect to win a championship. Like while we're here, like it, it, everything else is falling short, and that's a special privileged position to be in. Not many franchises can wholeheartedly say that. That clip, courtesy of NBC Sports Bay Area, and it's so great because uh, Bonte's over there, and then he gets all the audio, and it's late at night, and he has to drive it back to the station, which we appreciate that he does that here. But do you buy that? Nobody wants to see the Warriors are healthy. Nobody who wants to see the Warriors. Nobody. You buying that? Well. It- Given what the alternatives could be, I, I see the logic. I mean, if you're saying, boy, nobody wants to see the Pelicans without Zion. <laughs> no, I think everybody wants to see the Pelicans without Zion. If the Warriors are fully healthy, I think they're a pretty live five seed. And because I don't see them being a four or a three. So I, I think that it's it's a fair enough assessment, but you, you also have to you know consider the source. He's not going to say... Man, when we get in the playoffs, we're going to be pushing a piano uphill. There's something to be said for it, though, and you're right, of course. You're you, 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 when you say that that you didn't err, you, you were correct. Um, <laughs> you stink so much, <laughs> God. And you're right. It, it, I, I get but, now why your wife makes you sleep in the but car. But there are a lot of people who feel that way, and I've mentioned this a million times. Maybe you saw it. Richard Jefferson talking about a potential Denver Warrior matchup in the first round. He says, "I wouldn't bet on the Warriors, but I wouldn't bet against them." And NBA people, and you know, the players feel this way. Maybe they wouldn't say it. Maybe they would. But there's something about the Warriors like, yeah, I mean, what they did last year, if it all comes together, they can still be a very scary team. And that's what's going on now, hopefully. Steve Kerr and the Warriors are hoping that, yes, now it is coming together. Some of that may be Steve Kerr just projecting and trying to talk it into existence. I do think if it's going to happen, it has to start happening now. Um. Well, actually, no, it doesn't. It, And the reason why I say that is not because I think they can screw around for another 10 games and it won't matter. But nobody's pulling away from this mess yet. I mean, you know, and I'm not even looking at wins and losses at this point. It's show me show me that you can defend on the road. Then I'll believe you're you're, you're alive. 
you're a live player in the postseason. How worried are you about the Suns with Kevin Durant scheduled to make his debut tonight? I'm not worried at all because I don't care. I mean, okay. How, if, from a Warriors standpoint, how, how intrigued am I? How worried do you think the Warriors should be? I, that's yeah. Got to consider who I'm asking here. Sorry, sloppy question. How concerned should the Warriors be about Kevin Durant and the Suns? Uh, they shouldn't be because there's nothing they can do about that. They're. Hmm. I mean, I'm not if, sure if, I should if, ask. Today. If Phoenix, if Phoenix pulls away from the rest of the group. And maybe even if they catch Sacramento, they're still at best a three seed. And the Warriors will, you know, if they have championship aspirations at some point, they're likely going to have to go through Phoenix. I think you be you you concern yourself with Phoenix when you have to play Phoenix. It's right now, Phoenix hasn't pulled away from this either. You know, they're they're still you know barely ahead of the Warriors as it is. So I don't think you freak out about them any more than you would freak out about anybody else. I think they're very scary. Well, I they're potentially scary, but they haven't scared anybody yet. Dallas, it's not clicking there yet, and I know it's a lot of close games that they're losing. I think they're four, one and four since they got um, Luka paired with Kyrie, and the Clippers are losing, and so, with, you know... They, with Westbrook? Yeah. Well, it take, I mean, in fairness, it takes a while for new guys to gel with old guys. And it's not like Phoenix is a bunch of neophytes who are waiting for a leader. You know, it's they're going to have to figure out who's going to be the ball dominant one. Who's going to be, you know, how is that offense going to share? They know. I mean, if you have Kevin Durant, you know who's going to be. Yeah, but but Devin Booker is not going to proceed that without an argument. And neither is Chris Paul. And Chris Paul likes to play the game slow. And that's not Kevin Durant's game. But what I'm saying is they have to figure out how they work best. And I think that's going to take several games because it's it's going to take anybody who brings in a dramatic uh, player from another roster. Is that also going to apply to the Warriors when Steph comes back? No, because they've, no, they've done that. They, they, they've played with Steph and Curry since 2012. How... Surprised are you that the Warriors are twelve and twelve without Steph Curry this year? When I first looked at that this morning, I was uh, what's the word gobsmacked, flabbergasted. But then they were—I think they were—they're like eight and ten without him last year. So last year they did fairly well. Twelve and twelve without Curry this year. I think it's remarkable. See, and I'm not surprised by that because. Well, you may look askance all you wish. Yes, very, I think very askance. I think the Warriors determine how well they play based on the defensive end. And Stephen Curry is not a dynamic defender. No, but when he's playing well and scoring, it makes when he's playing, everything easier at the other well, end. Well, it makes everything easier, easier, but it doesn't make them incapable of winning games. Because when they are playing the way they are used to playing, the offense is more an ensemble piece. I mean, Curry is center stage, but they don't look at him as Portland does Damian Lillard. How are the Warriors able to win without Steph Curry? They're 500 without Steph this year. How are they doing that? Also coming up, uh, we'll look at uh, the Warriors and where they rank among the rest of the contenders. We'll get the outside view of that. SI.com with a look at the true contenders in the NBA. Did the Warriors make the list? That's coming up next. By the way, if you haven't already, make sure to subscribe to Damon and Ratto on the Odyssey app or wherever you find your favorite podcast. This is Damon and Ratto. Why do you for Damon? 95.7 The Game. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. 
Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast we get it attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on netflix but what do people do with their ears well for one they're listening to audio americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day oh and you want the proof well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Now back to Damon and Ratto on 95.7 The Game. Aren't you so excited, Ray? It's a Warrior Wednesday, and Steve Kerr is going to join us today. You're so excited, and you can't hide it. This song drains any joy that I would uh, try to emit from life. How about this? The Athletic just ran a, a poll of former NBA players. Turns out Jim Barnett was one of the guys participating, and they asked former players, what current coach would you most want to play for? And Steve Kerr was the number one answer. I think he got 28% of the vote. How about that? Steve Kerr, number one answer. That's nice. Well, because when when the alternatives they had were guys like Dick Motto, who would pinch your head off for a dollar, you know, Steve Kerr seems like, you know, he, he he's, you know, Fred Grandy of the love boat. Yeah, yeah. It's different, isn't it? You don't have the, uh, other than pop, you don't have those disciplinarians anymore, Ray. Well, Pop doesn't even have to discipline anymore. He just gives you that look. And the thing is, you don't have to discipline players when they know that you're running the place. Right, exactly. Yeah. How many coaches are actually running their organizations right now? I would estimate the number at a healthy zero. And Pop technically isn't, but he might as well be. No, I mean, if he wants something, he tells R.C. Buford to go get it. By the way, if he wants to know how to pronounce, uh, you know, is it er or air, Pop may want to know that. Uh, let's see here from the, hmm, this is from uh, Grammarphobia. It's like, it looks like it's uh, yeah, Oxford English Dictionary. Uh, it says uh, er and air are both acceptable. Uh, looks like the way you say it, Ray, is regarded as the, the traditional one by many, but you can say According to, again, the Oxford English Dictionary, air, which is the way most people say it, or you could say like, (laughs) have we gotten to the point yet where we're just saying nonsense to get to 554? We asked Google, why do you want to hear? I don't think I do. I know I don't. Yeah. What do you got? Err. Err. Yeah, I don't know. I like Ray's version better. This is this is what radio has become in the twenty first century. It's just I never. You're the only person I know who says that. Apparently, you grew up in Vallejo. There are other people. We don't make mistakes in Vallejo, so we don't need to say <laughs> no, it. The no. word doesn't exist. You don't say anything that's not profane in Vallejo. <laughs> that word does not exist <laughs> in uh, Vallejo. Somebody said on the text line here. I'm not reading this. Someone said, "I am to Vallejo what Taco Bell is to Mexico," and I, that's mean. And I, I'm. I'm not going to read that one. No, that's just wrong. Uh, Rohan Nadkarni from SI.com has put together a list here. Right here we are talking about the Warriors. They won. Are they back on track here? Are they legitimate NBA contenders? 
And Rohan Nadkarni put together a list of legitimate contenders. Would you like to hear it? See what he says. This is, uh, it's not me, it's not Ray. This is uh, unbiased uh, view. Out. He says, out. No longer contenders. The Pelicans. Out. No longer a contender. Because of the injuries design, which you already chronicled for us. They were a great story last year in the play-in. Willie Green's done a great job. And um, they've gotten the buy-in uh, from the team defensively. But doesn't look like this is going to be their year. 11 on the list. SI.com contenders. 11 Mavericks. They're, they have not been playing well since pairing Luka with Kyrie. And I think they have a defensive rating that's like 120. Their offensive rating is a little higher than that. But that was my concern, Ray, when they when uh, those two hitched their wagons together. It's like, yeah, I think that'll work okay. And Kyrie can play off the ball. But they're not going to be able to guard anybody. And so they're 1-4, although they've been playing close games. They're not contenders. I wouldn't. Th- no, without, without LeBron, absolutely not. Yeah. I mean, because he is LeBron's the guy. not on the Mavericks, though. Oh, I'm sorry. Thing. Yeah, it's all right. I mean, it's true. If he was on there, they'd be pretty good. You're right. No, no but I'm, I mean, at this point, I think Dallas is a contender still. Just no. because I think they're going to get better. A legitimate, like, they could win the NBA title contender? Like I mean, They could make a deep run. Because I, there's no team in the in the Western Conference, with a possible exception of Denver, that I would say is a mortal lock to either make a deep run or get eliminated early. I don't think they're that much better than they were last year. And last year, I know they made the conference finals. Well, but there you go. But they didn't belong there. Well, but they got they there. They were fortunate to get there. It, anyway. does, it doesn't matter. I mean, it, by that logic, the Warriors were fortunate to you know, get to the finals then. You know what Kyrie says he needs to do now? He, he spoke about this and the fact they're not playing well. Kyrie Irving says he needs to scale back pressure that he's putting on himself, Ray. How about that? Okay. Don't you love it anytime Kyrie starts to explain things? I just appreciate the coaching staff, my teammates trusting me, because he missed a shot last night that could have won the game. Uh, I appreciate the comfort they gave me afterwards. I think I need to scale it back a little bit. Uh, really want to win here. Really put a lot of pressure on myself at times. So maybe they're on their way. You're right. If Kyrie puts less pressure on himself, you're right, Ray. Contenders. Number 10, according to SI.com. Light the beam! Sacramento Kings are listed as uh, the 10th most likely team, or 10th on the list of legitimate NBA contenders. I don't think that's unreasonable to be the 10th best team. I mean, right now they have the 6th best record, so why not? The why not is because they, by their own coach's admission, no, I mean, that's part of it, but they don't play good defense. The offense is incredible, as you said, uh, they're putting up some historic numbers, but they just don't guard people, and it Traditionally, you haven't been able to win a championship if you don't defend. And no. if they just make the playoffs, as people in Sacramento know, I mean, it's parade time. It's parade time for the fans. But, you know, when you've played this well, and they have played well this year, uh, I think getting knocked out in the first round will be kind of a bummer for them. Do you know that when the Kings made the playoffs in 99, they got knocked out by Utah in five games? They literally had a parade, and I know that because... You were the Grand Marshal. No, I was at, I was in it, though, but I was at the end. Of course end. you were in it. I Absolutely. was at the no, end of it. There's in an no orange, question you were in it. An orange cougar that kept, it kept stalling, and we had a hard time keeping up with the rest of the parade. Anyway, Kingston, number nine, a team that Mark Randy says they should be higher on the list, the Cleveland Cavaliers. Cleveland defense. They do everything. Uh, they defend, they score top 10 in offensive and defensive efficiency. And, of course, they've got the great Donovan Mitchell. But you're focusing on the offense, which is okay, but not spectacular. But I said All I said was they're top 10 in offense and defense. No, I didn't but, focus on No, offense. but the thing that makes them a genuine contender is the fact that they can stop other teams. And the truth is, in the playoffs, even... Given the way the game is being played now, the best defensive team will win, and that's why I think they're a very live underdog. Because I think where, where were you? I think when ultimately, I, was just I think ultimately, you what? didn't mention that when I was talking about the Kings and they can guard people. Oh no, I think the Kings are fun. I don't. I think they could get to the conference final. I don't think they can win it. And I also said that other than Denver, I think everybody's in play there. I think in the East there are three teams in play here, and one of the three is Cleveland. 
Number eight on this SI.com list of NBA contenders, legitimate contenders. Haven't gotten the Warriors yet. Are they on the list? Number eight, the Memphis Grizzlies. Since January 18th, uh, since they're, they're five and ten, I don't know if that includes their, their win over the Lakers. Uh, I don't know about the Grizzlies. I think they're somewhat fraudulent. Luke Kennard addresses a need, but I'm more concerned, frankly, with what's going on with John Morant, who's one of my favorite players. And now there's another story coming out today about him, what, over the summer? He beat up some kid that was at his house playing pickup basketball. And we're hearing some really disturbing things about John Morant. I know that's separate from what's going on uh, on the basketball court for the Grizzlies, but very disturbing, Ray. Not good, but... One of the young faces, potentially, of the league and getting involved in things that looks like these are his own doing. No, I... Unforced errors. I, I don't care that he's a young face of the league. What it suggests to me, though, is that the the Grizzlies as a group are still more attitudinal than they are confident in where they are. It's almost like they're still trying to fight for a place that I think they've already attained, which means I... To me, from the outside, and based on nothing except you know, nitwit conjecture, they feel like they're still too immature to do the heavy lifting in April and May. Really, a lot of talent on that team. It's possible they've already kind of hit their ceiling. I don't know if they've hit their ceiling, but they're not yet, you know, they're not yet comfortable in their own skins. And I think that's one of the things you have to become. I think it's one of the reasons why Phoenix did not get past Dallas in the first round. Not because Dallas was comfortable, but Phoenix Phoenix had reason to think they were the best team in the conference. Because they had been. Oh, yeah. And then all of a sudden, DeAndre Ayton, you know, suddenly you know falls in love with video games and that becomes an issue. And all of a sudden, the team unravels. So You play a lot of video games, Ray? Not a one. Not a one? No, that, that's for children. All right. And I... Maybe I, Lucas and Grandy and I can get you started on it. On something, yeah, cause you're, cause you hang with the kids. <laughs> anyway, I think the Grizzlies. The problem with them too is, you know, they're great at, at forcing turnovers, getting out of transition. But when it becomes a half court game, they struggle. They don't shoot well. They barely got past Minnesota last year before they lost to the Warriors. No, so, I mean, there's a lot of things going on there. The jaw stuff, by the way. In case you haven't heard, here's a story. John Morant reportedly accused of repeatedly punching teenage boy in the head, threatening him with a gun last summer. Ja's agent is calling this. And another report about Ja threatening a security guard at a mall. He says unsubstantiated gossip. So fingers crossed that Ja's able to stay on the straight and narrow. But the Grizzlies, I think, that's, that's my view of them. as really good team, but I don't know that they are able to, going to be uh, able to get any further than they did last year. Maybe not. I mean, I, you know, again, the playoffs are largely a matter of who do you match up with. I mean, if the Warriors face Memphis in the first or second round, I tend to like the Warriors just because Memphis still struggles. It almost them now. sounds like you, and this surprises me a little, but you may be right. It almost sounds like you're playing the... The psychological card, like Memphis, I think you said they're not comfortable in their own skin. You don't normally go there, and it doesn't mean you're wrong. I'm just a little surprised. Am I right? Is that what you're saying? Like Memphis, I, just they're not as good as they think they are? No, it's or? not that. It's like Dylan Brooks sort of is enjoying his reputation as the dirtiest player in the league. And that's a sideshow when you're trying to do something bigger. You know, it, nobody cares if you're the dirtiest He's player. He's an Oregon duck. Those people are... You know. Oh, God. Go Ducks. See, I can't say that too loudly because my daughter went there. Oh, okay. But, I'm just kidding. Cause but green. that said, she is a dirty yeah. player. Yeah. Okay. Well, good. Of course she is. No, I, I think, you know, they are, they tend to run hot and then really cold. And I think the best teams grind in, in the postseason. They just, you know, night in and night out. This is who we are. You can't shake us from that. I just think as far as winning a championship, they're very talented, but there are just some flaws still. Jaron Jackson can't see on the floor. He fouls too much, and they don't shoot the ball well enough. So we'll see. Number seven on this SI.com list. Number seven, we had Mavs 11, then Kings, then Cavs, then Grizzlies, Golden State Warriors. They're on the list. They're seventh. 
Steph's been so good when he's on the floor this year, set to return from injury soon, joining a Clay Thompson who looks all the way back on the offensive side of the ball. Team has been through too many battles for me to put them any lower on this list. Again, that's uh, Rohan Nadkarni. And there it is again, Ray, that notion that the Warriors, if they're close to healthy, you just you just can't dismiss them. I, I wouldn't dismiss them if they're healthy. But health is only part of it. The other part is, can they revert to form when the other team has the ball? And it's not just health that has prevented that this year. Because they weren't a good team defensively when they were healthy. So to me, it's not just health that is the key to this. It's doing what they've done the last three games, which is hold teams well below their average. Did you hear what Steve Kirsch said about Clay after the game Friday, after the Houston game? And uh, he's probably talked about it since then. But Clay talked about it too. Fascinating to me. You know, we all talk about Clay. Is he back? Is he ever going to be back? And to his credit, he's put a lot of that talk aside. He says, I, I'm not comparing myself to what I was. I'm trying to be as good as I can be. But Friday, he had a big game against the Rockets. He was phenomenal. And Clay said, Coach Kerr and Coach Frazier, they talked to me and they talked to me about expanding my game as I got older. And they said Michael Jordan did the same thing. So I'm trying to do that. You know, I don't think he's ever going to be the defender he was. but And that might be true even if he'd never gotten hurt. You know, you lose some of your skills. But you look at his rebound numbers. And he actually, let's see, uh, last night I think he had a decent rebounding. To, yeah, he had eight rebounds last night. He had seven on Friday. So that's really fascinating to me. The fact that the coaches are going to Clay like Clay. You could never make another shot. You're going to be considered one of the greatest shooters of all time. That's a done deal. But we need you now to expand your game in other areas. And it looks like he's responding to that, Ray, and embracing that notion. Um, I think, you know, he, he turns out that we all thought that he was a guy who was phased by nothing. You know, that he was just sort of oblivious to the, the petty concerns that a lot of other players fall prey to. But having lost the game for two years, you're seeing... The insecurities that he has and the need to be validated that we didn't think he needed. Um, and the reminder from time to time that, you know, you have to overcome the mindset of being a guy who missed two years of your career. And I think we all underestimated what an enormous barrier that was for him. As it would be for anybody. This is not like he's somehow sort of mentally or emotionally soft. It's That's a huge thing to overcome. He's mentally and emotionally human is the issue. Essentially. But yeah. he's showing signs that he's, again, and I hate to use the phrase a second time, but I think he's more comfortable in his playing skin. Not his skin as a human being, but I think he's getting more comfortable with who he is, who he's not, and the difference between three years ago and now. I just checked, and you can use that term one more time today, and that's it going to be it. All right. Or yeah. what? Do I get to be sent home? There, there. Because I'll say it now. There may be consequences if you oh, play please, that comfortable please. in his skin card for a third time. Tell me I'm what. Tell me what the they are. If it's expulsion <laughs> from the studio, I'll say up. it now. I'm just as your friend. I'm letting you know. If you're my friend, just tell me what it will do to get me out it's of here. It's clear at this time. It's just it's something you don't want to. Oh, you don't want to find out. Oh, I do want to find out if it's that. The rest of the list, according to SI.com, six Clippers, five 76ers, four Phoenix Suns. Don't we have to wait and see before we list them fourth, Ray, how this works with the Rand? Three Nuggets and then two Celtics and one your Milwaukee Bucks. What do you think of the list? There aren't a huge surprise in there. I mean, Suns at four is a little bit of a... Mm. Well, look, you have to fall in love with... Somebody's got to be four. Who should it be? Well, I just think there are other more known commodities. Well, who who are they, though? Um, in this I mean, year, I don't think the they're... The Clippers are ahead of the Suns. Why wouldn't they have be listed higher on a list of contenders? Because the Clippers have accomplished... Or wait, nothing. are they Did I? Are they ahead of the Suns? I have to double-check that. Pardon me. Yeah. Yeah, because <laughs> I, yeah, I know they... Slow. No, I mean, I, th I think the Clippers are still the flightiest team in sports. And I don't think they're trustworthy in, in big moments because they've never shown that they can perform in a big moment. Yeah, I mean, Phoenix, they are, is, Phoenix they, is fourth right now. I apologize. Yeah. Okay, but so who... 
who would you put ahead of him? What about uh, Cleveland? But it just I, I think the Suns thing, I get it, but it's just like, well, they could be. We have to wait and see because we know that the Clippers, since they went out and made their moves and then they brought in uh, Russ, um, it hadn't been working out. Same thing for Dallas. And another thing I think we can say for sure now with LeBron, and you kind of touched on this when we talked about Dallas, with LeBron out for the foreseeable, I don't think there's any way we could consider the Lakers even remotely close to being a contender. No, I think they're going to barrel roll their way out of this pretty quickly. Which is terrible for them because, oh, well, they'll just get a high draft pick. They already owe the draft No, they yeah. The they, Pelicans, they don't have it. No, if they fail to get into the playoffs, then they get to watch somebody else do the lottery. But if they make the play-in, they get to watch somebody else do the lottery. Mm-hmm. They're hosed either way. Yeah. I, I thought they made some really good moves. No, it was the first time that that front office didn't embarrass itself on a galactic scale. But when you hang your hat on a 38-year-old, even one who is basically built of adamantium like, like LeBron is, you're going to run that risk. And at some point, it's going to come undone. And it's interesting that the two injuries that have sidelined him now are left foot and right foot. It might be that he was favoring the left foot while his right foot was bothering him. They call that the old hokey pokey syndrome. But do they now? I've heard it said. By it's who? unfortunate. I, a lot of NBA pundits. A lot of... Uh, yeah. can, name one. I, I'm not... I can't divulge it. No, I know, I know who the NBA pundit to, is. I'm looking right at him. I'm not allowed to divulge it at this time. It is unfortunate. I'm not a Laker fan, but um, it's like with the... I'm not a Yankee fan. I was saying yesterday to Guru, I don't like the Yankees, but things are more interesting when they're good. And I think the same applies, at least for me, with the Lakers. I don't root for them, but everything's more interesting uh, when they're relevant. And it looks like they're going to have a hard time staying relevant, Ray. Well, they're going to have a hard time staying out of 13th. Yeah. And the only reason they And there's no upside for them. No. It's another year. It'll be eight out of ten years that they've missed the playoffs entirely. After, and I've got to double check this, but... After only missing the playoffs six times in the previous 70 years. You're going back to Minneapolis with that and Whitey Skoog and those cats? Whitey Skoog. See, you, your favorite player. Yeah, you're absolutely. A huge, you're a huge Skoog guy. He's a good point guard. He's pretty solid. At least that's what I understand. What you said about the Lakers and how when you rely on a guy who's 38, you're, you know, you're taking your chances... How much does that apply to the Warriors? And I know that Steph's not 38, but when you've got this core of players, and, okay, they're not as old as LeBron, but they've played so many games and so many finals over the years. Do they Are they assuming the same kind of risks? Yeah. I mean, 34, especially the way the game is played now, um, it's hard to maintain just because the game requires much more lateral movement than it used to. It is, you know, it's harder on the joints than it used to be. Um, it's a harder game to play physically. And I don't mean physical as in bumps and bruises. I mean covering ground. Um, you know, everybody raves about, you know, how Curry keeps himself in extraordinary condition. That's all well and good. But we're talking about tendons and ligaments and muscles now. And the more you ask of them in high leverage situations the more they tend to get cranky as a response. So, Especially when you're playing so many more games than teams used to. And I know people don't want to hear about load management. And, and they used to, way back when, they played all 82 games. But teams play more and more playoffs every year, playoff games, and they're playing year-round. And we're just talking about flesh, blood, and bone, Ray. It's not so much that they're playing more games. It's the way they're playing them. I think it's I both, mean, but I understand. Well, no, but... Load management has ameliorated a lot of the number of games because guys are coming in at 65 now, which is fewer games than Bill Russell played every year. That said, it is a far more taxing game than it used to be because you now have to guard more of the court than you ever had to before. The game 60 and 70 years ago was played at or near the basket. What do you think of this notion put forth by the likes of I think J.J. Redick has said it. Oh, back then those guys played, Jerry West and Bill Russell, they played against plumbers. I'm sorry, these are guys, this is a, you know, J.J. Redick, who's a really respected commentator and was a really good player, and he's actually put forth that notion. 
Uh, Jerry West didn't care for it, right? Well, no, I'm I'm sure all the old guys didn't care for it. They were playing the best basketball players in the world at the time. Um, Who happened to be plumbers? They weren't plumbers, though, right? No, they weren't plumbers. The point is, they were the most skilled basketball players the planet was creating then. They couldn't have faced is any it, better players. But, but the, the idea that you have to compare a player from today and a player from 60 years ago is idiotic. There's no sport in which the players of 60 years ago are better than the ones today. You don't like those era comps, do you? No, they're stupid. And people who make them are idiots. Okay, we've got and, one and more. Should be, should, they literally should be licensed to be allowed to leave their home. All right. I will, uh, we have one more of those. Oh, great. I'll save it till the end of the show. No, no, do it now so <laughs> no. I don't have to worry about it. Coming up next, we have oh, the very stink. latest on... Uh, all right, all right. We'll get to it. We'll get ne to the... Yeah. yeah. Coming up next. Yeah. Make, make the pain yeah, stop. Because it's uh, former NBA players and who uh, a team that they think could beat... Uh, this uh, Warrior team that's coming up next. We are presented by Fremont Bank, full-service banking, no compromises. Don't forget Steve Kerr's coming up at 5. Now back to Damon and Ratto on 95.7 The Game. It's a Warriors Wednesday, brought to you by Friedman's Appliance, a trusted name since 1922. Visit freedmansappliance.com today. Looking forward to catching up with Steve Kerr. Top of the hour here. Whitey in for Damon. Uh, text of the day nominee, Raider Brian in Alameda. He says there is a hokey pokey syndrome in the NBA, and that's what it's all about. So thank you. I think it's a great text, Brian. Appreciate that. One thing Ray does not appreciate is when we compare NBA teams or players uh, of today to teams, players from the past. We were talking about that because J.J. Redick just did that. Uh, I said that he was talking about what Jerry West on the text line. Someone says he was saying it about Koozie. And yes, they they were plumbers, says someone from the 510 Ray. J.J. Redick was talking about Koozie and yes, they were plumbers. No, that's really not true. No, it's not. And why do you read stupid texts? Uh, because sometimes the, the guy that I'm doing the show with, sometimes he's doing other stuff, and if I know if I say something like that, I, I'm gonna I, get it. I'm gonna get his attention. Uh, you have my theory. attention all the time, <laughs> but you've lowered the bar to such an extent now that I want to come across the desk here and pound you. I wanted to mention it because there are a lot of people that feel that way, and frankly, there are probably more people that look at that and go. I don't know. It was a long time ago. Maybe they were a bunch of plumbers. Well, no, the and point... And you can shed light on that. Well, I did in the last segment. Uh-huh. So why you're digging this particular rotting corpse up again is beyond me, but... Because no. you you made me... You, you didn't make me. You said, I want to do the comp. If you're going to do the comp, I want to do it now. So here's what it is. Um, the Athletic just had a poll of NBA players. And Steve Kerr did very well in one of these polls, by the way. We'll mention that when he joins us at 5 for what that's worth. But they asked, I think, 101 former players. Jim Barnett apparently was one of them. I should text him and see how he answered this question. Oh, uh, he definitely didn't vote for Kerr. <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Uh, the 2021-22 Warriors. So I thought it was an earlier edition, but no, it was actually last year's Warriors versus the 1982-83 Philadelphia 76ers. Using rules, by the way, from 2003. So former players were asked, 101 former players, who would win a best-of-seven series between those two teams? And the 76ers of Moses Malone, Julia Serving, Andrew Toney, I think Mo Cheeks was on that team, they got 74.4% of the vote, Ray. And 33% of those responding said that Sixer team would beat the Warriors in six. Now, I know you don't like these type of things, but when I read that, I thought... I understand why players would say that, but I don't think that's true. Um, I'm not exactly sure why they picked this that Sixers team, except to point out that in the, in that era, in particular, players beat the crap out of each other. I mean, physically, and I think the theory being that that's how you would negate Curry by just waiting for him to cross the timeline and then just start put a body on him. Mm -hmm. Hit him you with know, a two-by-four or something. I mean, like, Andrew Toney would physically throttle him. I don't know if he'd keep him off the off the box score, but he would, if it was the 2003 rules, 
He would beat Curry up and get away with it. The reason they picked 2003 is because... Well, it's 20 years between. Halfway in between. Yeah, yeah. but... You know, it's but it's interesting that they picked that championship team because it also, you know, who 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 handles Malone, well, and it wouldn't be Draymond. That's the thing, though. It works on the other end as we've seen the Warriors do, and this gets back to what the Warriors do and what they're doing now and what they hope to do this year in the postseason. They will compromise your bigs right off the floor. Yeah. So Moses Malone, yeah, he could pound you inside, pound, pound, pound. And but three is more than two, and. They'll put you in switches on the perimeter. He's got to guard somebody on the perimeter, and he he probably wouldn't be able to do that. No, but the perimeter would be a much more dangerous place to play because Andrew Tony and Maurice Cheeks would put a body on you. Well, you make it sound like they were legally shooting people in the leg or something at that time. It was close. I mean, everybody got the hand check, and by I mean hand check, I mean plant your hand on the other guy's hip and leave it there. Um. I don't know that that would affect Curry as much as going up on a shot and just getting manhandled and the official just standing over you going, that's clean. That said, I don't know who would win that because the key here is 2003 rules. In 2023 rules, there'd be no contest. The Warriors would win comfortably. In 1983 rules, the Warriors would have a hell of a hard time. Really just because of the physicality? Well, because it wasn't just the physicality as much as it was the allowance that everything on the offensive side of midcourt was the defense's plaything. I think the Warriors would have had, you know, would have had a field day guarding that Sixers team because that Sixers team wasn't quick. Julius was pretty much done by then. He wasn't done, but I mean, he was pretty much done by then. He wasn't done by then. Pretty much done. No, you're, you're you're categorically wrong. I remembered 1983. Julius Irving was he was he was uh, in the twilight of his career. If you look at, uh, and I know most people have better things to do, but I actually will watch like hardwood classics. And if you go back and watch things from the 80s, it's amazing how everything on the perimeter is like right around the top of the key. Yeah, because no one, if you took a shot from further than that. Uh, you would have been benched. So now the game is so much more spread. So I think Philly would have had a hard time going out and guarding, Philly or whomever. The thing about air is the way the Warriors play now, they stretch out the defense in a way that teams just didn't do then. They weren't capable of doing it. So it just gets back to what the Warriors do and how they've been at the forefront of this evolution of basketball. Bottom line, three is more than two, and that's where the game is now. Uh, and I, I think the Warriors would fare better than, than most of the uh, uh, ex-players participating in this poll do. Oh Well, but who did they ask? They asked mostly old guys. Well, ex-players, I don't know how old they were. That's I'd a fair point, willing, but I don't, I don't know. I'm comfortable betting that if they asked somebody who retired two years ago, they wouldn't remember. Andrew Iguodala would handle Cheeks and Tony from the 510. What, at the Andre, same time? Sorry, did I say Andrew? I apologize. Andre Iguodala. At the same time, he would. I, I don't know. No, yes, you do. He, they wouldn't. He wouldn't be able to guard two people. <laughs> it's just a different game. I think it'd be easier for the Warriors to adjust to what game was than teams from the past could adjust to what the game is. I don't but know. That, but that's, that's the, just my guess. But that's the problem: is they didn't say, you know, they're playing in the Warriors era or they're playing in the Sixers era. They picked a midpoint. And yes. But, and, and the midpoint... But the Warriors still but the play midpoint, way beyond the perimeter regardless of the rules. Yeah, but if you can beat a guy up the minute he crosses the timeline, the Warriors' great speed advantage is somewhat negated. That's why... Good passing team. Good luck beating him up. That poof, I tried to tackle him. Who was the coach of the Sixers then? Um, Kevin Lockery, right? Coach, I tried to tackle him, but he got rid of the ball and they scored. Um, I mean, look... The, the, it's such an art. Wasn't Mark Ivaroni a starter on that team, right? That I think about it. Good night. Uh, Mark Ivaroni was the starter, but he was he was basically their their less their 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 version of of Looney because he never had the ball. He was just he was an enforcer, and he and Looney would just beat the snot he out. He was of their him. version of Kurt Rambis, really, is what he was. Yeah. <sighs> 
He was. That's what he was. Well, we're, uh, well Kurt Rambis doesn't play for this Warriors team, which no. is why I didn't choose him. You, you gave short shrift to Kevon Looney. So I understand what you're no, saying. But, and who but knows you him. know what his function is. It's yes. not to score the basketball. Mm -hmm. You know, It's to be a big body underneath or as big a body as you can get away with. From the uh, 650 tax of the day nominee, the vet minimum in the 80s was not enough for Andre Iguodala. So yeah, maybe if you're playing by the... By the <laughs> <laughs> you see what this is why I go to the text line. Uh, yeah, and it's why people look at you and go, I remember when he used to be something. <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't know about that. No, I, I just I, I it's a it, it's a ridiculous comparison because you're trying to say, oh, the game is roughly the same and it's not remotely the same. I understand that. And that that's why it, it's such a maddeningly stupid question. And I'm not blaming you for it. Uh, you can. Bl I don't care if you do or not. But well, okay. I, I just said I didn't blame you. So stop getting defensive about something you don't I, need to be defensive. Not. It was in the Athletic today and mentioned oh, well, the Warriors. Well, then so. that makes it gospel. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, it's just it. It's it's an idiotic comp because it sets up three artificial things at once, none of which could interact with the other two. But the reason I bring it up. One to bother you to bug well, you. Well, that worked. Well, yeah, well done to you. That would, yeah, that's a score. You played the hell out of it. And two, it does play into what the Warriors are again, what they're doing now, and the way the game has changed, and how they've been at the forefront of that. The but game we, has but, changed, and the but, way they shoot the ball um, has helped change it. And right now, as we get into the, closer to the postseason. They're about as small as they've ever been, Ray. They used to throw small lineups out there as kind of a change of pace. The Warriors now they don't they don't have a big lineup. No, there this is, is no, no this yes. is this is the smallest team they've ever had. Yeah, and I think when they run up against Jokic, they're going to have a problem. I think they might even have a problem against Memphis and Jackson, even though Jackson was not particularly impressive in the series He's last year. He's a good year. player, but he just gets in foul trouble. Yeah, like well, that. and they and they did get him in foul trouble, and you know, he was not nearly as impactful as Memphis had hoped he would be against a team that small. That's why I think the only team that a healthy and fully functioning and defensively aware Warriors team would have trouble with is Denver. Because Denver with Porter and with Murray and with Jokic is a much more difficult proposition entirely than the, the Denver team they played last year. You know who the great Eddie Johnson is? I'm vaguely aware of it because I'm like three times as old as you are. Okay. Eddie Johnson is, uh, is he's an 18-year veteran, I think, and he's currently a broadcaster for the Suns, one of the teams I think he played for. Last year, early in the year, I heard him talking about the Warriors and the Suns, and he was, you know, he's a big Suns guy now. He's been on the station, and he was saying, oh, the, the Warriors can't handle the Suns' size. Now, we never got to find out, but I think, you, you didn't mention the Suns, but I'm sure to a degree they're thinking, yep, that's going to play in our favor. Maybe we'll get the chance to see. Maybe we won't. We do know we'll have Steve Kerr up in just a moment. First, we want to welcome you to your 5 o'clock hour. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.